Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be able to be able to participate. I, I love how you set it up so that we're all tactically, tangibly, physically apart on so many levels. We get to be a part of a church family. And we have this Ephesians 4 responsibility uh, to edify one another. And we thank you for it. Uh, thank you for, for making us a local church together where we have to co-labor and none of us can grow and be everything that you've designed us to be without, without the rest of the body. And so God, thank you that you made us a dependent people. But then Lord, uh, not only do we participate on that level, but then Lord, um, uh, you know, there's the, the edification that, that you gave us to do, it's, it's, there's a spiritual component to it. And so, Lord, we have to pray. We have to pray for the promises of your word, except, except this is a praying people. Uh, there'll be a lot of effort and it'll all fall out to vain labor. And so God, thank you for setting it up so that we have to ask, we have to plead, we have to supplicate. Uh, but Lord, we do it with thanksgiving because God, uh, you keep your promises. You do all things well and you answer our prayer. And then Lord, you set it up so that, 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 that the first of everything that you entrust to us, uh, we give back to you as a statement of faith that Lord, you're at work in our lives. And so Lord, thank you for the ability to give tithes and offering and, and Lord, from time to time and in different ways to, to really sacrifice for the mission. Uh, what a privilege it is to be able to buy in, so to speak, to the kingdom that you're building. And so God, help us to be faithful stewards this morning. Uh, not just in our giving, but Lord, in, in the attention that we're, we're able to give this morning on your word. Uh, this is our functionally our business meeting. And uh, we ask for your blessing over it. We wanna, we wanna ask that every member would see uh, how to be fitly joined, how to engage, how to participate with us in the work. And, and so Lord, as we give a report, uh, Lord help us to do it with rejoicing, uh, what you've done in this place, what you're doing in this place, uh, everything we're trusting that you will do. Lord, it's amazing and it's very rare and uh, I pray that you'd help us to all have an attitude of, of, of gratefulness and worship uh, at the, just the incredible thing that you have built up here at 40th and Walnut. And uh, Lord, from here, you know, all over the world, uh, we're very grateful. You do all things well. There is no one like you. We love you and we thank you all in Jesus' name, amen. So as the offering is taken up, we're also passing out handouts. There, there, is no, there will be no PDF posted online. So if you weren't here, uh, well, okay. So, because uh, this, this is our financial report. And, um, and so this is, this is for our, uh, our members. And if you're here visiting, it's okay. You can, you can look, okay. So. Uh, this really, you know, to talk about it in terms of a vision Sunday, it really is just an update, right? There's no new vision, so help us God by his grace. If I ever have anything to say about it, right now currently I do, <laughs> there will be no changes to the vision. The word of God sets the vision, right? The word of God sets the agenda. Now how we accomplish the mission, the vision, the agenda that the word of God sets for us that can be tweaked as we, you know, I mean, tactically, our response, we're gonna have to always be adjusting as we respond to the opportunities and the obstacles 
that are before us, but here it is. I mean, at the end of the day, we're a local church that has the responsibility to win, equip, and send. And we do that as a family. We do that as a body. We do that as a company, right? A, 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 we, are, we are conscripted into the Lord's army. And so we have to function together in order to see the work accomplished according to God's biblical design. And so we've got passages in our Bible like Ephesians 2, we're a building. Any stone that's out of place in God's building results in structural integrity, you know, problems with structural integrity. And so uh, are you fitly joined? Ephesians chapter 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're a body. And every member, every part of the body is necessary. The, the ability of this church to accomplish what God has set before us is, there's a requirement there on each and every member. And to the extent that you're not plugged in, to the extent that you're not engaged, we're that much weaker in our capacity to accomplish the work that God has set before us. And so, uh, we have these mottos, like every member a minister that's just not a cool saying, right? That is, that's, that's tactical operating instructions. Every member, we're trusting God that each of us will learn the word of God for ourselves and learn how to use it in the lives of people. You say, well, I'm not that smart. Well, welcome to the club, okay? You're, we're all made of dirt. We're all, I mean, this is a small church in the center of our city, but so help us God by his grace, so help us God in answering the prayers of his people according to the promises in his word. This, is a, this little church in the hood is gonna rock the nations for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's already doing it. So today, this is, this is a report, this is a reminder of what God is doing in terms of our financial investment, in terms of how the resources are being used. Uh, it's a report in terms of our reach. And so, you know, this, this, we do two of these a year. Uh, the, the spring one is our, basically our business meeting. Uh, before Mission Focus or right after Mission Focus, we do a report that's primarily focused on ministry outcomes, uh, but today we'll be mostly focused on our business uh, agenda. So every year at this time, after our fiscal year, we pop up, right, well, this is just a pop up and look week uh, to see where we're at, and so this is a snapshot of the end of our fiscal year. Our fiscal year runs from April to March every year. Uh, when we started, it was January to December. It lined up with our calendar. The problem with that is we were having to hustle on two fronts. This church hosts the Mission Focus Conference for our fellowship of churches. It's a little distracting. And so what we said was, is we're gonna shift our calendar year one quarter. Uh, so April to March of every year is our fiscal year. Um, but, uh, well, here we go. You've, you've, does everybody have their notes? Everybody's got their hand out? All right. Um, man, praise the Lord. I'm so grateful uh, for this local church. Uh, everybody keeps an attitude of flexibility, uh, a mentality of whatever the mission requires. Uh, everybody's at different places in terms of that focus, but I'm, I'm very grateful. This is a church uh, with a mission on its mind and it's mind on the mission, and so I'm grateful. Uh, this is a church that, you know, whatever it takes, whatever it takes to see ministry move forward, uh, that's what this company of believers will do. Uh, COVID has been a very fruitful time. 
The COVID crisis has been a fruitful time for Midtown Baptist Temple. We've been winning souls, we've been making disciples, we've been equipping leaders. And so that growth continues to abound. LFBI is growing. Um, man, we're, we're growing the team to support it. Uh, everybody that's serving into LFBI is doing an outstanding job. Uh, you know, I asked Brandon for numbers on the postscript. LFBI hosts a podcast that Brandon, uh, Brandon leads that team for the, for the postscript. The viewership of that is up to roughly, 19, it's an average of roughly 1,900 viewers per week. That is not insignificant. Uh, that's, uh, that's actually pretty outstanding, and so praise the Lord for that. Um, LFBI is ministering to the pastors that are sending students to our, our Bible Institute. Uh, this is something that we just started this year, and, and so uh, I don't know if you've been paying attention to the new student enrollments, Brandon, but it looks like there's a few new churches sending students to LFBI uh, for the summer, uh, the summer session. And so we're reaching out to those pastors. We wanna support them as they send students to our school. We wanna make sure those pastors understand the biblical philosophy that we're communicating in the Bible school. And so we've got uh, one of our members going to a, a local church to do COD, to, to, start, to start helping them in the philosophy of discipleship. And so he's gonna, Jason White's going to be leading a cost of discipleship class uh, for an LFBI participating local church. And Kenny is now doing webinars uh, for discipleship with local church pastors. And again, that's to support um, ministry, disciple-making ministry. Uh, primarily, we're focused on those churches that are sending students to LFBI. It's over, it's over 60 different churches now. Um, that, that number is growing. Um, seed beds, we've got seed beds, Bible studies that we're trusting the Lord, we're endeavoring to plant churches, and, and um, man, again, you guys, if you're here on Tuesday nights, you, you know the whole, the whole story there. Uh, let's keep praying particularly for Tampa as they're trusting the Lord for, for, uh, for long-term facilities. We wanna keep them in our prayers. But uh, man, uh, Bible studies are growing. I led the Q&A Bible study. I was in Kansas City, and at the same time I was in Nairobi yesterday, um, via uh, the interdimensional mechanism known as Zoom. And uh, man, praise the Lord, there were new, new faces uh, in, in the Bible study. We've got a team going in June. And so uh, we just had a, a team come back from Romania and Hungary, and, and there's several more. As a matter of fact, check out the team trips at the back of the auditorium. They're in the corners uh, at the back. But man, praise the Lord, we'll, we'll get into the ministry metrics uh, before focus, but suffice it to say, we've seen many saved, many discipling. Uh, last month, we had one of our, if not the largest Sunday on record. Uh, the church continues to grow. Uh, I guess I say all of that to say, it's no surprise, but, but here it is. God is blessing a soul winning, disciple making, leadership equipping, sending local church. And we give glory to God. Uh, in terms of finances, okay, giving is growing, praise the Lord. Uh, giving is growing. So here, here, if you've got your handout, you've got the bottom line, but this gives you the income statement. The way that it works is, is you know, there's general giving, but then there's designated giving. And so that is laid out for you on 
your, uh, your income chart there in your notes. So the way it breaks down, 53% of the giving is general giving. The people that we send out as church plants, the way that we do it is we send a team and they operate tactically, legally, uh, policy-wise, they're MBT, okay? But they're a local church, so the pastor and the team has the freedom to do local church ministry. They move forward as, I mean, they're trained, they're moving forward in the, I mean, just how the word of God lays out local church ministry, that's how they're doing it. The pastor's the pastor, but they don't have to worry about all the back end support stuff. Um, you know, making sure the bills are paid, making sure that the, uh, that the um, you know, the, the, the back end support, insurance, uh, you know, all of that, taxes. All of that's taken care of until they get to the point where they've grown and they can then be independent fully, right? They can be independent financially, um, but that, that number represents the giving that's coming in from churches that have not yet uh, fully separated from MBT. That's always the goal, is to have fully autonomous, independent local churches. We just, in the phase, the initial phase of planning the church, we make sure that there's plenty of training wheels and, and support as they launch out. Does that make sense? Okay, so that's the 11% number there. Uh, kingdom, 8%, kingdom account, okay, what this church does is we tithe everything that comes into general giving, 10% of that off the top goes to mission. You say, well, that's an eight. Well, that number gets skewed in terms of the whole number because of all the designated giving. You need to know everything that comes in in terms of general giving, this church tithes it to missions. Does that make sense? So it says eight, and that's it, it's 8% of the total income, but 10% of general giving goes to missions. Uh, LFBI donations, another 8%. Uh, and then you've got all the other areas that, you know, these would be half percents, the air, you know, the, all the other areas of designated giving. Giving for the building, that was 6%. And then rental income last year, you know, we've got a tenant in the new building that we purchased, and so that would be represented there. Um, the, uh, the house to the south of us that would be represented in that income line. And so praise the Lord, that's where the resources have come from. Let's look at the expenses briefly. Here's how this number breaks down. And so again, as the ministry grows and, and I mean, out of it there's no way around it, with growth comes complexity. And so we're giving a little bit more uh, resolution. We're getting a little more granular in terms of our reporting and, and we'll follow this format uh, for the future. But here's how it breaks down. 20, 26% of, of the resources were spent on administration. 23% specifically on outreach and kingdom. Okay, and these are in order of amounts. Okay, so 23% outreach and kingdom. Now that's not all of the spending outside of the four walls of the church, but everything that would be um, uh, uh, outreach related or kingdom related that's a, that's, a, that's a general expense that would fall into that category. Facilities, 19%. Uh, for those of you that don't know, we just bought a big building across the street. <laughs> Not cheap. <laughs> and so we'll, uh, we'll talk about our debt here in just a second. Um, the, uh, the next biggest category was the Meyer down payment. Uh, I think we put down roughly a quarter million dollars on that. Uh, so the down payment on the building across the, across the street, then 7% LFBI, that would include the administrative 
uh, uh, costs of running the school. And then in reach, that's typically our cheapest category. You know, most in reach is just an open Bible, but there are expenses there, so 6% there. And then uh, kingdom administration, as the kingdom agenda grows, necessarily we're gonna have to invest dollars on supporting that, and so that you're beginning to see that take place. And then 8% went into reserves. Uh, these would be our savings over what came in. Now, those reserves, you know, we came into this year with reserves, and, and this year we built up reserves, but we spent it on things like a down payment on the building across the street, uh, some of those reserves are dedicated to missionaries already. Uh, to, 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 I mean, there's, there's accounts that have money in them for retreats and, and uh, for worship and, and for the building fund and, and kingdom designations. In other words, there are, there are savings in the, 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 you know, the best way I know how to put it is in any family, if we're smart, we're saving. That way we're ready in case there is an emergency. We don't have to panic. But at the same time, if we're wise, we're putting every dollar to work, okay? And so in terms of our reserves, all of those have been earmarked for different agendas, whether it's planting churches, whether it's, whether it's I mean, the minute we get, the minute we get all of the final papers through the city, all the excess reserves, we will hemorrhage them out in a moment. <laughs> building, remodeling is not cheap. And so this building facility line is gonna stay up until uh, we get the remodeling done and the buildings paid for. We're not gonna see that change uh, anytime in the near future. And so, um, you know, From my perspective, I'm very grateful. We're not a rich church. At the same time, look what God's done. <coughs> a small people in a hard place. Look at that. I'm just telling you that's rare. And whenever you look at the outreach line, just add it up. Look at the LFBI line, right? Look at the kingdom admin. Look at the uh, look at all of the areas that are outside of our, our local, you know, think of ministry outside of the four walls of our local church. So the church plants, any money that comes in goes right back out into those church planting endeavors plus money from the kingdom account. You look at the kingdom account, you look at the missions line, you look at LFBI, you look at designated giving for missions. And if you add all of that up together, that's over 40%, and LFBI, that's a weird number, that's 6% that's 6 of, the, of the giving. We derive a lot of benefit from that because we're training up our people. I don't know, it's been a while since we've checked the numbers. Does anybody know the, I bet we've got at least 150 students in the Bible school. Um, so there is some personal benefit, but if we talk about LFBI in terms of a kingdom growing endeavor, well then 46% of the resources are invested in expanding God's kingdom. Uh, that doesn't happen. So praise the Lord. Now, now our goal is 50%. Uh, one of the things that we said from our beginning was whenever we, when we grow up, when we're fully mature, we're trusting the Lord, that fully 50% 
of everything that comes in goes to the furthering of Christ's kingdom uh, all over the world. And, and so help us, God, by his grace, we're making that progress, and so I'm grateful. If you have questions about the finances, if you have questions about the budget, if you have questions, uh, feel free to reach out. Mitch, can you stand up? Um, do it like a 360. Isn't he lovely? Okay. So Mitch pastorally has the responsibility in this area. Deb Mulder is another resource for you. Heather would be another resource. They'll, they'll, they'll help you any way that they can. You can ch- come talk to me. Uh, I'm happy to help you with any questions that, that, that you might have. Now let's talk about our debt. Wah, wah, wah. Okay, so uh, again, heavy focus. We've had a heavy focus on kingdom spending and and with that, I, I, I don't think we changed that. You know, let's quit giving all this money away and let's pay our, you know, well, let's trust God that in terms of God's kingdom, it's not a zero-sum game. Let's trust God to have cake and eat, okay? So here's what we owe on MBT, $120,000. We paid down 25000 last year. You say, you know, in terms of a big budget, that's, that's just not that much money. The interest rate is so low. <laughs> That, uh, I, don't, I don't know, there's a lot of money that needs to be spent across the street. So that's where we're at on that. Same thing on the house. Uh, we paid down another 6K on that last year. We still owe 70 on the house. Here's the big one. We owe $938,782.81 on the Meyer building as of last month. Okay. Now if you add all of that up, Midtown Baptist Temple is in debt to the tune of 1.128 million. Uh, that is our current debt load. And in terms of our income to debt ratio, we're actually setting really well, uh, praise the Lord. Uh, we're, we're at a place financially where we're not suffering for lack in any area. Uh, God's doing abundantly above all we could ask or even think and, and, and so we're grateful to the Lord. Before we tackle in a big way paying down the debt, we need to actually fill the building that we've got. So we're reserving as much cash as we can so that we're not borrowing money to do the remodel. Uh, We want to, if if we can, we want to, with cash, get into every square inch of that building. And you guys, if you've been over there, if you haven't been over there, you need to get over there sometime and take a look. Uh, But the basement is still a complete remodel. And so we're gonna trust the Lord for that. Giving givers, right? Giving units, giving families, giving individuals is up by roughly 20 people. There are 240 giving units uh, hauling all the water. Uh, From time to time, people will give a little here or there, but in terms of regular tithers, regular givers, uh, we've got 240. These are the the, the functional, mature, faith-filled stewards that support. Now, our membership is higher than that, and, and, and that would make sense. Uh, some giving units are entire families, so we're gonna have more members than we're gonna have, right? I mean, it, like in our family, uh, there's, well, I gave one away, but uh, there's still, you know, there's, there's uh, well, and I, one's got a job now, and, and so mine's starting to fracture. But, uh, but historically, Five people, one check. You see how that works. And so that, you know, uh, obviously it's going to be lower, but, but obviously there are people that uh, still haven't learned that 
that God's way is actually not just affordable, but it's a position, it's a place of blessing. I mentioned this a few weeks ago. Uh, with a budget this big, it's crazy to me that we still don't have Jeff Gracier and Will Mata on staff. Uh, I, I, I don't, I'll just tell you my philosophy, I don't have the ability to put somebody on staff if we're on the edge. If we're, if we're close to you know, just barely being able to support someone, it ain't time. I, 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 would, I would feel horrible if we had to lay somebody off because we made a poor financial decision. Uh, so there has to be some buffer room. There's gotta be some, some, some uh, uh, cushion whenever we ask a guy, hey, would you put your whole family dependent on the ability of our local church to support them? And so we've got some growing to do in this area. But here's what I wanna charge everyone to do, buy in. Uh, buy into the mission, determine to personally be a part of what God's doing in this local church. And the way that you do that is you decide you're not gonna be weak in faith. So, I mean, God says if we don't work, we don't eat. Uh, that's what Paul told the church at Thessalonica. Uh, everybody needs a job, so step one, get a job, you bum. Okay, that's step number one. Step number two, the first dime out of every dollar that God entrusts to you, you in faith, you say, okay, Lord, I'm buying into your kingdom. Now, if that's your money, well, then you keep your money. If you're a steward, then you recognize not just the dime, the dollar, the account that you put those dollars in, the name on the account, right, the person, all of that belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's your responsibility to steward it all for his glory. So if you can't give cheerfully, if you can't give in faith, well, then you keep your money, and good luck doing it your way. Uh, but this, was, this is God's position, Malachi chapter three, verse seven. Uh, will a man rob God, verse eight. What's he saying? In verse seven, he says, come back to me. <laughs> here's the conditional uh, um, uh, uh, here's the conditional terms for blessing, God says. Return unto me and I will return unto you. Do what's right and watch me bless you. Will a man rob God? God says, you've robbed me, verse eight. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? God's responses and tithes and offerings. Here's the result, you're doing it your way. You, th you think you have to have every dime for yourself? Okay, well, good luck living on the whole dollar without God's blessing. How many people know you can live far better on the other nine dimes in submission to the Lord Jesus Christ. When I got a hold of that concept, uh, it, it's, it's an amazing thing. I mean, in one phase of us realizing we need to grow in our giving, uh, I got fat, <laughs> like literally. Uh, my quality of life went through the roof. Um, it's, it's whenever we made the decision for Cheryl to stay home uh, full time to raise our kids. Because, you know, again, that was just how God led us. I'm not condemning anybody, anybody that doesn't follow that format, but, but uh, we did that. We said we, we don't want somebody else raising our kids. We want to have Cheryl in their life. And, and then she started cooking all the time. <laughs> and oh my goodness. I'm like, I'm a moron. Why did I wait so long <laughs> to make this decision? It was so great. Um, God's point is, you're cursed with a curse, for you've robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows, open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. You'll go further 
on what you have, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. Here's the biblical perspective, okay? I don't bring this up. We don't talk about, this is a church where we don't talk about giving all the time. When it comes up, I don't pull punches uh, because it's not my idea, it's not my scheme, it's God's design. And so I'm gonna be bold as brass anytime this subject comes up. Um, you look at the budget, are, are we desperate? No, we're not, okay? We don't have everything that we want, but we have everything that we need. We've never worried about anything. We've never fretted over any financial issue, problem, or requirement. God has supplied all our need, so we're grateful. But at the end of the day, you need fruit that abounds to your account, Philippians 4, verse 17. Uh, You need to buy in. You need to be a faithful steward. You need to be a part of what God is doing in this place. Be a part of what we're building out from 40th and Walnut for Christ's kingdom. Be a part of everything that falls out to the effect of fruit at the judgment seat of Christ. In other words, purpose in your heart to find a way to in some way help this church make disciples. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 19 is my heart's cry for every member of this church that you would be able to, at the, at the judgment seat of Christ, uh, that you'd be able to declare what your hope, your joy, your crown of rejoicing is. That you'd be able to point to someone and say, are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ as his coming? Uh, that you'd be able to point at someone and say, you are my hope, my crown of rejoicing. You're my joy because God used me in your life and now you have a walk with Christ, now you're here. That's my prayer. Tactically, as we grow, it gets harder and harder for people to plug in, and so here's an updated org chart that's gonna facilitate uh, connection and communication in ministry, but mostly, uh, I I wanna ask, I mean, it tells you who to talk to over what area of ministry. Uh, As we grow, the complexity of who we are and what we do grows, so you need to know who to talk to about what, but mostly I'm asking that, that, that we'd all pray you know, for these leaders in these areas of ministry responsibility, that we'd be praying for them. And so there's the updated uh, uh, org chart. You know, what pastor has what area of, of oversight and service. Now, let me, let me make a few points before we close. Um, I think the best thing I can do is, is remind you of Second Peter chapter one, verse 12. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them. There's a lot of things that we forget what we know, right? I forgot I knew that. Or we know it and we forget to obey it or we forget to employ it. We forget to submit to some truth. I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them and be established in the present truth. Yeah, I think it meet, as long as I'm in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. And so there, there are several things that, that with this update, I wanna make sure I remind you of. I know you know these things, but, but I need to remind you, right? I need to remind you that as our church grows, so will the opportunity for frustration and division grow. Uh, it's inevitable, that's just the way it works. As the people grow, the problems grow. And so, ministry principle number eight. Okay, as much as we're pastor-led, you, you know, the Bible is, a, is full of biblical principles. 
you can principalize the Bible, okay? And uh, we distilled, Pastor Best and I in the early days, distilled nine ministry principles. There's more principles than nine for ministry, but we said, wait, what are, the, what are the principles that we need to help keep us moving forward together in the right direction? And so we distilled nine different biblical principles, but I wanna remind you of principle number eight. We protect unity. We have to protect unity. Uh, God's people, you know, God's a husbandman and we're his garden. And brothers and sisters, snakes keep getting in the garden. That's why God told Adam to, to, to I mean, what, what, what's his job? Yeah, he, he's supposed to tend, he's supposed to take care of the garden, but also to keep it. That was the charge, you have to guard it. Why, well there's a snake in the garden and if we don't watch out, he'll cause division. He'll cause division in God's people. And so what this means, okay, so you might be, you know, a lot of people look at that and like, where, where, are, the, where are the boxes that I fit into on the org chart? And you're trying to find where all you fit. And you might, might even be making little dots or checks in all the places that you're connected to. And, and that's good, but, but beware, right? We're a, we're a family, this is one church. That org chart doesn't represent a bunch of different ministries, right? It represents a, a bunch of different responsibility of this ministry. Okay, we are one church, we're one family. And so it's critical that we don't get siloed in our thinking. Uh, it's critical that we don't come to a place where we say to another part or another member of the body, I have no need of you, or you're in my way. Uh, you're, you're, you're actually the problem uh, in my life. We, we, we can't come to that place. We have to protect unity. With that, that means the things that we do together as a local church body need to be protected. So don't set up ministry activity or ministry agendas that compete with our corporate worship services, Sunday morning, Tuesday night. Um, LFBI is a big driver. Don't schedule, I mean, do your best. I mean, sometimes people have to pick, but we have to endeavor to protect the times where our church comes together, that's critical. Uh, but sister so-and-so's really got a problem and, and uh, they, they, they needed counsel and help and, and I had to, you know, so we, you know, we met in the stairwell during church service and, and I was counseling sister so-and-so with her big problem. You're a terrible counselor because sister so-and-so needed to get her praise on. That's, she needed to do that. Uh, a lot of counseling happens uh, from this pulpit uh, there's so much counseling that takes place in our services together. Uh, what you need to tell sister so-and-so is, oh man, hon, it sounds like you're really going through a rough time. Let's go worship the Lord. And then after, let's set a time for coffee. Let's get together. You say, well, that might mess up my schedule. Yeah, I know. But at least you're not a Nimrod. So there it is. Okay, so protect our times where we come together. And then plug in and be a part. Okay, we've got a path to growth in the lobby. Where are you at on the path to growth? I mean, are you growing in the word of God and your capacity to use it in the life of people? You need to be in a Bible study. You need to be in a Sunday fellowship or you're missing out. Uh, if you're not in a fellowship, you're missing out on so much body life. A lot of the announcements, a lot of the comms don't happen from this stage. They take place at the fellowship level. A lot of the activity necessarily has to take place at the fellowship level or the Bible study level. And if you're not plugged in at that level, then you're missing out on a lot of what this church does. But you need to engage. 
Because once you're plugged in, then, then you have a place, a place of strength and stability from which to reach out. Brothers and sisters, I need to remind you, we need to go after people. No one should come to MBT and get away with just coming in and sitting down and then leaving, and they don't have to talk to anybody. They don't have to be invited to come back. They don't have to be invited to participate with us. God help us, but, but it'll happen every once in a while. One of our leaders will catch it. Yeah, somebody new came in, they sat down. Nobody talked to them. How, would, how could that ever happen at Midtown Baptist Temple? This is a church full of loving and, I mean genuinely loving, genuinely caring people. So brothers, sisters, stay soul conscious. You see somebody by themselves, that didn't, that didn't work in. Well, they just want to come down and look like they want to be left alone. Well, that's because they're scared of you. Stop showing your fangs and go sit with them and, 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 and show them, you know, we're a snuggly people. Right? Nobody should come to MBT and end up receiving no love, no invitation to participate with us at a deeper level. That has to take place. Here's the picture, okay, 2 Kings chapter 13. Here's the picture. Are you too full that you're not hungry for more fruit? Are you too fruitful that you can't be used to impact one more soul? Are you too satisfied with your partial victory that you're willing to leave some victory on the floor, on the table? So here's the picture, you know the story. Elisha says to the king, take bows and arrows and, and uh, he tells him to shoot, right? So verse 17, they open the window eastward and Elisha says shoot and he shot and he says, now watch this, what's happening here is victory. He, Elisha said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance, the arrow of deliverance from Syria, for thou shalt smite the Assyrians in affect till thou have consumed them. And he said, take the arrows, and he took them. And he said unto the king of Israel, smite upon the ground. So he knows what it is. You're shooting these arrows is setting you up, right? This, you're, you're actually painting the picture of victory over Syria. So he's like, Three, three will do, three arrows, that's good. He smote thrice and stayed. And Elijah, look at his response in verse 19. The man of God was wroth with him. He was angry, he's on his death, he's getting ready to literally die right here. And so he's got enough energy to be mad. The man of God was wroth with him and said, thou should have smitten five or six times. Like why didn't you empty, why didn't you empty your quiver? You should have smitten five or six times. Then hadst thou smitten Syria until thou hast consumed it whereas now thou shalt smite Syria but thrice. Some of God's people, God help them, they're just content if God used them in the lives of people three times. Yeah, that's pretty good, that was a good life. <laughs> Come on, man. We wanna get everything that God has for us. Don't we want all the fruit possible at the judgment seat of Christ? We want every soul that we can possibly obtain for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. We wanna train every single person we possibly can for the work of Christ. And so help us God by his grace, we wanna send them with blessing to see ministry reproduced and multiplied all over the world. I don't wanna be satisfied with anything less than everything that God said we were capable. We were capable of obtaining and producing by his word, by his spirit, by his grace. I want all the fruit that God has for us. I need to remind you to beware competition. Uh, a growing church, it's easy for us to compare ourselves among ourselves, right? Uh, the, the one I hear about all the time is, is, well, you know, Kai is really growing, and then the subtle comparisons take place. Uh, can I just tell you, okay, 
this is what's supposed to happen in a functional church. This is actually something that we were trusting the Lord for for a long time, for a growing young adult ministry. Uh, I remember the stories from way, way back in the day. Pastor Jeff Adams was a college pastor. They had a fairly large ministry uh, of young adults at the Kansas City Baptist Temple. It was growing, it was dynamic, it was vibrant. Why? Because, I mean, read 1 Corinthians chapter seven. It's a sweet spot in life where there's very little distraction from giving yourself wholly to the Lord. You know, you get married, you're gonna have cares in the flesh, you're gonna have cares in the world. God tells you about it, why? Because they're gonna come and they're necessary. Uh, Whenever you're outnumbered, mom, dad, you get married, that third baby comes, you switch from man to man and you're in zone defense. I mean, it's like, it's all you can do to keep up with that form of blessing in your life. And so, praise the Lord, I was the college pastor at KCBT. Man, in two years it blew up. Uh, We went from 40 to 240. I mean, it was just incredible. Uh, Man, praise the Lord, that's supposed to happen, okay? But, But it's not just Kaya, living well, faith. I mean, as we grow fellowships, if you get the mindset of, well, our fellowship is growing faster than that fellowship, so we must be doing something right. You know what you're doing? You are grieving the Holy Spirit and you're putting on God's agenda, I gotta teach that cat a lesson. <sighs> Whenever we could have just paid attention to the book, 2 Corinthians 10, 12, we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, here it is, are not wise. Now, let me tell you, I am so grateful for Kaya. I am so grateful for how it's growing. Man, Brandon is doing a fantastic job. All of our fellowship leaders are doing a great job. I'm so grateful. Uh, Everybody's focused on winning souls and making disciples. Everybody gets the mission. Uh, They got the mission on their mind and the mind on their mission. Praise the Lord for all of that, okay? So young people, when I was the college pastor, I'd tell people this all the time. Young people, young people, listen, you're nobody. And I'd do that you know, for shock value. You're a nobody. Oh, I'm somebody. No, no, no. You're becoming somebody. Right now you are setting the trajectory for the rest of your life. Be careful who you become. Because there are so many people that become entangled in the snares, right? The traps and the snares of this world. And they end up, good people, with so much potential and capacity, they end up wasting their lives living it on themselves for what they can get out of this world for, world for themselves. Don't fall into that trap. Be careful who you become, because God's plan for your life is for you to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. He wants you to be fruitful in the lives of people. So beware competition, right? This is a growing Antioch-type church, but tomorrow we can fail We can fall. If we get lifted up with pride, with competition, it kills who we are and what we have. So for example, the Meyer building, guess what? That is not your building. That's the Lord's building. Well, we bought it. No, the new building doesn't belong to anyone, it belongs to the Lord. It's all the Lord's. This building belongs to the Lord and we're all stewards of the resources that God gives us. So we gotta work together. That means, okay, uh, one of the mottos, one of the statements we use a lot is, there is no they, Chris knows. <laughs> we don't say it enough. Uh, help, me, help, me, help me pass the word, there is no they. There's only us, right, it's only we. Maybe we need to say that together. There is no they, there's only us. us. Yeah, okay, so uh, they'll clean it up. 
You're talking about nobody. There is no they. Oh, they'll clean that, they'll take care of that. Who are you talking about? That person does not exist in this church. They, them, the mystery group that just like the fairies that come out of the woodwork and take care of everything all the time. No, you slob, okay? Whenever you show up for ministry, you show up early and make sure that the place that you're gonna be use, using is safe, clean, and ready. That's critical. Somebody comes in and gets hurt because we weren't good stewards, man, shame on us. If somebody comes in and sees a pigsty, there's, I mean, you know how in every family there's crevices and corners that nobody sees? And just the funk of a thousand years starts growing there. I mean, a whole ecosystem. I mean, it's intelligence, like it's evolution somehow takes place in these, like it's, there's, there's corners and places that talk to you. That should never happen, right? But it does because everybody's just used to it. You're blind to it. Uh, that one room that has that weird smell. I mean, you know, whatever, everybody knows. And then the new person with the fresh eyes comes in and is like, who are these pigs? Okay, so you, we have to clean. We gotta make sure everything that we're using is safe, clean, and ready. And you'll come in from time to time and somebody forgot there is no they. And they abused you. Well, man, serve the body of Christ and clean up after them. But then when you get done, what do you do? Clean up after yourself. Make sure it's safe, clean, and ready for the next group. Well, I just wanna go to church. Well, praise the Lord, here's a broom. I just wanna come and be blessed. Man, praise the Lord, here's a mop. Let me show you how the vacuum cleaner works. Get to work and God will use you to be a blessing. God blesses his people. The fact that you've got, you know, all your joints are working and you're able to move and I mean, man, praise the Lord. God blessed you so you could be a blessing. Come early, clean up, make sure it's clean. When you leave, clean up after yourself. You don't be that group that's a burden to everyone else. There is no they. Say, I, well, you know, Pastor, how, how, do, how do I change? Oh, man, I'm so glad. Join a cleaning team. How do you do that? Well, you sign up through a fellowship or your Bible study. Uh, and then contact Chris Miller and get on the schedule. You say, well, most of the cleaning's on the weekends. I've got good news for you. You can come on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I mean, you just let us know when your group can come in and clean, and we will have some messy area for you to, to sanitize and sanctify to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. So there it is. Okay, I need to remind you to be flexible with people. This body's doing so much, it's growing. We're like, uh, Chris Best says, MBT's like a reptile, and we just fill whatever terrarium we're in. We just grow to the size of the, of the resource that we have, and so we fill up rooms, and, and so there's gonna be toe-stepping. Uh, so, praise the Lord, at least we're dancing, and, uh, and we, got, you know, we got an opportunity to step on each other's toes. And so the building's getting used hard, uh, if you're gonna use a, a space, don't just show up. I need everybody to get into the habit of using my MBT to reserve rooms. People are showing up all the time and like, we reserve the room. Well, you know, we were using, eh, no, foul. Okay, we have to communicate about how we're using the resources and so get in the habit. If you need a building, it, it's, here, it's here for us to use hard, okay? Uh, we'll keep painting it, we'll keep remodeling it, whatever we gotta do, but let's use this building, okay? Uh, but use MBT, my MBT to reserve the spaces that you need. Um, for time's sake, uh, let me just remind you of one more thing and uh, we'll, we'll finish up. I want you to remember our motto, okay? Uh, one of our sayings. Okay, so there is no they. 
there's only we, and then I mentioned this at the beginning, every member uh, a minister, okay. So if you're gonna have everything that God intends for your life to have, if you're gonna have all of the spiritual input, the edification, the encouragement, the exhortation, the rebuke, right, the correction, the instruction that all of us need, okay, you need the whole body employed. So it's like 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You've got a body described, and the body, 1 Corinthians 12, 14, is not one member but many, and because of that, the foot can't say to the hand, uh, I have no need of you, right? You don't get to do that. The foot say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not the body, is it not of the body? Or the ear, because I'm not the eye, I'm not the body, is it not of the body? Uh, you know, you are who God made you to be, and that's for God's glory. Well, you know, I'm not like Pastor Morgan, so I really don't know if I have a place here. <laughs> no, there's only one Pastor Morgan. That's the only one God ever made, that's the only one we'll ever have. He's who he is, you're who you are, and you're a part of this body, and we need you. So we can't say, verse 21, that I cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. Every member of the body is necessary. Now God designs a body to survive. Uh, if we lose, you know, if, if I got in a horrible accident today and I lost my right hand, that would be a big bummer, okay? It's my right hand, it's my, it's my primary nose-picking hand. Well, did I say that? I'm sorry. It's, uh, you know what you do. Okay, so. It's, uh, it's, it's like, I can write with my left hand, right? I can wash, I can clean up with my left hand, but, but oh my goodness, it's like, it's like this guy's got an IQ of 180, and this guy shows up to work and he's like, ugh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's, like, it's, ama- it's amazing, you know? You know what? If I lost it, I'll survive. I'll make it, I'll survive. The, the body's designed to survive, and to whatever extent, You've kept yourself, you're gonna take your toys and you're gonna go home, you're gonna live your your best life for yourself now. That's the extent to which this body suffers. Now it's gonna survive, but it's not going to thrive because you're not doing what God designed you to do. You're not a part, you're not in your place, you're not fitly joined, You're you're not functioning according to design specification. So the mentality of every minister Right, it has to be, right? We gotta encourage one another. This is the thing. Uh, the body's made to, it's designed to thrive even if we lose members, okay? But, but we ought to avoid that like the plague. Uh, if we see somebody struggling to be fitly joined, there ought to be a bunch of MBT antibodies, right? There ought to be a bunch of MBT cells that come around that member and help them to get plugged in. Why? Because God's got you here so we know you're supposed to be here. God has you here, so there's a place for you here. There's a work for you to do, right? There's, a, there, there's resources for you to employ. We can't do this without you. See, the minister says, if I lose you, well, that's catastrophic. So, so I, I've said this before. I need you to keep the mentality of the senior pastor. Some of you, okay, this is, just, this is the way, I mean, I'm gonna give an account at the judgment seat of Christ if Tim Renault doesn't keep moving forward in faith, right? If Decker Perkins doesn't keep moving forward in faith, right? If Banana Bread uh, uh, Jake, Banana Bread Jake doesn't keep moving forward in faith, um, I almost said Bruce. See, I get the 
Jake's all mixed up, yeah. That's why there's Garmin Jake, there's Banana Bread Jake. You gotta know how to keep your, your, your Jake straight. <laughs> and you're like, Banana Bread Jake takes his banana bread and walks, and like, well, that's a bummer, but I can get a recipe. That's messed up. If Banana, J- if banana Bread Jake left, that would destroy me, that'd break my heart. I'd be wounded to my core. Like, like, A, I like eating the banana bread, and it's been a minute, just saying. But B, <laughs> B, like you're my brother. <laughs> like God has you here, and for you to just walk away, like I, I will literally weep, <laughs> I'll shed tears. Some of you, you're like, Jake who? If Jake leaves, that's on him. Um, sucks to be Jake. Smell you later, loser. Like, you're not thinking right. This is your brother. You need to think like a senior pastor. You can't make it without your brothers and your sisters. This church will not be everything that it's supposed to be if we're not employing every member of the body. You say, well, what are we paying you for? Let me tell you, again, one tub of butter, whole lot of bread. Can't do it. Every member is required. Every member has to be a part of making sure that each member of the body is fitly joined. Now God's gonna do it, but he's gonna use you to do it. That's how it's gonna work. So you can't have the attitude of stay out of my way or stay out of my area. No, every member is a minister. We want everyone plugged in. The attitude has to be how can we include everyone versus excluding people. You know, sometimes it's just easier to do something yourself. Uh, Grow up. That's no way to multiply ministry. That's no way to grow people in ministry. Now, some people are not gonna make it. Second Timothy chapter four, I need to remind you of this. Paul talks to Timothy about Demas. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Uh, we're not gonna bat a thousand. Nobody ever has, nobody ever will. But man, we ought to, we ought to show up to play, <laughs> amen? We ought to do everything that we can to make full proof of the ministry that God's given, given to us. I'm asking that we would just remember what Jesus paid for to make this possible, this local church at 40th and Walnut. Hebrews 10 verse 12, I need to remind you of this. Here is Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. He gave his life in order to purchase this people for his glory. It cost him everything, and when you see that price and his great love for you, it's very motivating. Let me me remind you of Colossians 3, verse 23, that whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. Uh, He's worth it. You say, ah, man, I I wanna plug in, but I, you know, it's really hard. Well, keep endeavoring, keep, keep, you're, you're, let's say God made you to be a toaster. You're a toaster, you know what I'm talking about. You, you, you bring bread to a golden hue. Work with me. You're a toaster, okay? You're not gonna work unless you're, you gotta be plugged in. You say, well I plugged in to the outlet and there was no power. There was no real connection and so I'm just gonna go set on a shelf. What a smart person does is they plug in their toaster and, and they don't get golden brown toast that melts the butter just right and you can put the jelly on it. Like, I mean, you want the good leaven, so what do you do? 
you just find another place to plug in. Like you keep plugging in till you find a power, you, till you find a connection, and then you get fat. That's how it works, <laughs> right? Like I want the love, I want the goodness, and so I'm gonna just, I'm gonna find the power. Okay, it's a sad, stupid little illustration, but you get what I'm saying. Plug in until you, f- don't be satisfied with not making a connection on your initial, your initial foray. I mean, keep going until you're fitly joined and you're thriving and you're producing in ministry. Don't be satisfied with anything, don't be satisfied with anything less. Plug into a fellowship, plug into a Bible study. Everyone come together and worship. Plug in and help us propagate a soul-winning, disciple-making, leadership training, sending ministry. Let's do it as a family, let's do it as a company, let's do it as a people who are bought by the blood of Christ. We are who we are, and what we have in Christ, what we have together, it's everything. Because who we are and what we have is what we're gonna reproduce. So we have to be functional here. Everything reproduces after its kind. If we're dysfunctional, if we're derailed, then we're gonna just engender dysfunction and derailment in life in the people that God gives us. See, I can't do everything that God's called me to without you, I can't do it. And you can't do it without me and without your brothers and sisters. So plug in, I can't make you do this. Let me remind you of this, all authority is relative authority. Uh, We are I mean, we use a King James Bible because we want a final authority, okay? And because we do that, there are Christians in this city who will label us a cult. You are free to leave at any time. Nobody in this church makes you do anything. Why? Because we can't. <laughs> it's America. <laughs> okay? I'm actually not in charge of anything. Okay, all authority is relative authority. Um, th- my authority ends at the place of your will. You see that? Now I am your pastor, read Hebrews chapter 13. Uh, there, I mean, you will be wise to find people with a faith whose faith you can follow, okay? You wanna do that, you wanna submit yourself to people like that. Uh, but at the end of the day, you, your submission, your participation in this local, it's all voluntary. I can't make you do anything as a pastor. All I can do is tell you what the word of God says and if you're wise, you'll take heed and you'll get into God's word, you'll get God's word and you'll get his works down for yourself. 1 Corinthians 16 verse 13 tells you to find people who have addicted themselves to the ministry. That you, that, that people who have a faith that you can follow. Verse 16 says that you submit yourselves unto such and to everyone that helpeth with us and laboreth. So whatever God has done in your life, how he's made you, who he's made you, how he's gifted you, how he's placed you in this local church, man, just recognize you're there for the glory of God. So whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God, right? Love your wife to the glory of God. Work your job to the glory of God, right? Worship with us to the glory of God. Serve with us to the glory of God. Trust God to be who he's designed and placed you to be. Trust him for that. Get a job, make the Benjamins. Fund your mission, right? We only have one life that we can live for Christ and he's worthy that we live it in a way that brings him glory. So I needed to remind you of that. Father, I beg you for your blessing over the lives of your people this morning. 
Lord, in our business vision update and our ministry, our vision ministry update every year. It's just year to year, year after year, I'm just amazed and, and, and Lord, sometimes just staggered at what you've done with a small people in a hard place. Uh, Lord, you are rocking the nations for your glory. Everything that, that was just scribbles on a napkin 16, 17 years ago, uh, you're doing it all. Uh, the, the vision that we find in your word, uh, you're bringing it into reality in this place and, and people can see it, it's simple, it's straightforward and, and they can read it and they can run. And so Lord, I'm asking that, that you'll give us the wisdom uh, to keep ourselves a small people, a humble people, a, a dependent people, uh, a people who, who wait on you, who feed in your word, who drink from its streams, uh, who in you, Lord, in, 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 in who you are and, and what you've provided, uh, Lord, they renew their strength. Father, would you bless my brothers and sisters, not so that they'll, you know, that blessing falls out for them to be an end unto themselves, but Lord, bless them that they might be a blessing. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.